Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. You're listening to Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio with your host, Darren Fatman McDuck. And now, prepare to get fat. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Perfectly Healthy and Tone Radio. I am your host, Darren McDuffie, and this is brought to you by I'mTheFatMan.com. Tonight, we have a great show for you. We have Dr. Doris Rapp who will be coming on the show to talk about uh, food allergies. This is something that's very, very, I'm very, very adamant about just simply because I have my own food sensitivities and food allergies uh, with gluten. And I do believe that it was something that uh, prevented me from from learning when I was a, when I was a child. I had a lot of problems learning uh, colors and learning numbers. And one of the things that uh, was always apparent to me is that uh, I may have had these types of food allergies. As, well, as I became an adult was apparent to me that I might have had these types of things as a child and didn't know anything about it. And I later on found out that I was gluten sensitive as an adult and also uh, found out that I had at least 15 or 16 other food sensitivities in relation to uh, besides gluten. So this is something that's really near and, and, and dear to my heart. And I wanted to share with you, especially for the kids, because there are a lot of kids out there that are suffering from behavioral problems and different kinds of things. And they don't know that they, it could be, the parents actually don't know that it could be directly related to having food sensitivities. So um, I'm going to uh, give me about another minute or so um, for Dr. Rapp to come on. Something happened. She was on and then the call dropped. So I'm not sure what happened. So I'm going to call back out to her. So give me a quick minute and let me do that. Hey, Dr. Rapp, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. Something must have happened. Uh, the call dropped. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get started. I already um, shared with the audience that my little – I wanted to share with you as well. As when I was a child, I always had a problem learning uh, numbers and learning colors. And later on as an adult, as I shared with you off air, I found out that I had a number of my own food sensitivities in relation to um, gluten. I found out that I had about 15 or 16 other food sensitivities when I got tested. But I kind of uh, went back and said if I would have known that I was sensitive to cow's milk and gluten and the other things that I was sensitive to as an adult, then I probably wouldn't have had those learning problems. And I just shared that with the audience. But um, can you tell us? Yeah, can you tell us your journey, how you got involved in uh, pediatric allergies and studying all this types of stuff? Well, uh, there were a few allergies in my family, and I thought when I got married, because I married a man with allergies, that I'd have allergic children. It turned mm-hmm. out that I wasn't lucky enough to have any children, and so, but I'd already was on my way to to learn more about allergy, and then... A turning point came in 1975 when I went to a meeting that just blew my mind. The doctor said there was a way of skin testing one thing at a time, and if you put in one substance such as dust, you might cause the asthma. If you put in another substance such as a mold, you might interfere with their thinking. They might not be able to write or draw. And so each specific thing that caused allergies could affect a different area of the body. And when I first started a study, I thought that allergies was, were uh, mainly hay fever, asthma, itchy skin, that sort of thing. And it, it wasn't until 1975 that I realized any area of the brain, any area of the body can be affected. And there's still many people and many doctors who don't realize that this can happen in many patients who have what appears to be a psychiatric problem. They get withdrawn or untouchable. Someone thinks they're having a psychiatric problem, and basically they're just sensitive to dust, mold, pollen, a food, or chemical. 
Yeah, yeah. And you've been doing this a while. I actually looked at one of your videos to prepare for the interview on uh, that you were on Donahue in, I believe that was 1989. And one of the things I want to ask you is I, I see that food sensitivities and environmental allergies and, and chemical sensitivities are all going up. But a lot of environmental medicine is going down. You don't see as many environmental uh, doctors like yourself. It seems as though that they're going down. Can you kind of comment on that? Uh, that is most unfortunate because the pollution of the air and the food and the water and the homes and schools and workplaces is increasing. And yet there are fewer and fewer doctors going into the specialty of medicine because if it's not covered by insurance, if they go into the best, if they, if they do pro, what's called provocation, neutralization, allergy testing and treatment, they will not get paid for it, which is simply ridiculous. If Obama wanted to make people well and cut down the medical costs in this country, he would ask doctors to become specialists in provocation neutralization. The beauty, absolute beauty of this is you can put a drop of something in someone's arm, not tell them what it is, and you can produce itchy skin, a bellyache, a headache, uh, problems writing, problems drawing, problems walking. In other words, you can produce a symptom with one drop, don't tell a patient what you're putting in, and then... It, once you produce the symptoms, you can give them a weaker dilution, one drop of the same thing, and in eight minutes they're back to normal. This is like uh, putting a child in a, in a candy factory. We never had it so good because we can pinpoint the exact substance that's causing each specific symptom. In the old days, when I first started allergy, you did uh, you put uh, uh, 20, 30 injections in each arm or on the back. You put some drops, and you saw big red spots. But if you do the skin testing one item at a time, you can see exactly what that particular substance does to you. And this is just uh, a wonderful way of practicing medicine. The guesswork is pretty much gone, and then when someone figured out that if you gave a weaker dilution of the substance to which someone is sensitive, the symptoms go away. Yeah, yeah. So if you're sensitive to milk, a mother is feeding her baby, uh, breastfeeding, and the baby gets terrible colic and gets very irritable and turns red, has all kinds of problems after being fed, all you have to do is take a dilution of that milk and give the baby the right dilution and within eight minutes the baby will be perfectly quiet, the colic will stop. And usually with infants you have to make the dilution a one to five. In other words, you take one teaspoon of milk and four teaspoons of water, mix them together, okay. that gives you a one to five and you put three drops in the mouth of a, a baby that has allergies and many of them will stop having their symptoms right away. In yeah. eight minutes. One of the things that I'm always um, uh, always astounded by is, and, and this is a scenario that I see a, a lot going to the store. If I'm in Target or you're someplace like a Walmart, you always see these kids in the aisles, and they're falling out, they're crying, they're rolling around, and then you see one of the parents. The parents is, is actually embarrassed because the kids is having one of these episodes, and they'll evident they'll say something somewhat similar to, oh, she's having a tantrum or he's having a tantrum or, or something to that effect. And I always look at that and I say, not knowing what I know now, I said maybe it was something she fed the child an hour earlier. Sometimes it could be sugar or something like that. Can you comment? People jump to the conclusion that it's a bad mother, doesn't know how to discipline her kid, doesn't, the, the kid goes wild in the score and makes a, makes a, uh, uh, interrupts everything that's going on. Or they think that it's an unruly child, just a bad kid, and he needs mm -hmm. to be spanked. And the answer is, is the child has an unrecognized medical problem quite often that is due to allergies. A half a teaspoon of baking soda and some grape juice might stop it in about eight minutes. Baking soda is very good for people with allergies because mm -hmm. it makes the body more alkaline and you have fewer allergies by far if your body if your urine and your saliva, for example, are alkaline and your blood is on the alkaline side, you'll have fewer symptoms of allergies. 
Whereas if you're, you've got a very acidic body and your urine and saliva are, are too acid, then you're going to have more allergies. But if all you have to do is uh, use a little baking soda and change your pH, you might be able to stop some allergic reactions very quickly. Yeah, you mentioned grape, grape juice. What's the significant, significance of grape juice? Oh, you just want to put the baking soda in something that, they won't, that, that won't have much of a taste. But you could be allergic to the uh, grape juice if it had any dyes in it, or you could just be allergic to grapes. You've got to be careful you don't put it in, in uh, a, a red-dyed uh, pop, for example, if you're allergic to red dyes. But I think the most important thing to tell the parents is your child is fine, looks great, feels great, acts normally, writes and draws fine. All of a sudden he's out of sight. You've got to say to yourself, what did the child eat, touch, or smell? Chemicals cause reactions and the body changes totally within seconds to minutes, whereas dust, mold, pollen, or food might take uh, up to an hour, two hours, or sometimes even longer before they react to it. But if parents start to think and get a notebook, they can find answers that everybody else has missed because nobody knows a child like a parent. And they can spot their ears are getting, many times there are physical changes in a child or adult who's starting to have an allergic reaction. The ears may become bright red, the cheeks may become redder than normal, the legs may, be, may become wiggly. These are all clues. Sometimes the belly swells up. These are all clues that that individual may be starting to have an allergic reaction. The pulse will also go up, and if they have asthma, their air tubes will go into spasm, and you can spot that by buying what's called a peak flow meter, which is nothing but a plastic tube with a gauge on it, and you blow say you blow 400, the the gauge on the plastic tube goes up to 400 uh, before you eat, and after you eat, you can only blow, you blow as hard as you you can, it only goes to 200. It means that you ate a food to which you were allergic, and it's causing your asthma. It's as simple as that to sometimes figure it out. So you check these foods by eating them at uh, the foods that are suspect, you eat each one at about a two-hour interval and figure out which one's causing a drop in the peak flow meter of that plastic tube. And when you figure out which food is causing trouble, then you either stop eating the food or you find an allergist who knows how to treat food allergies. If an allergist says you can't treat food allergies, he means to say he doesn't know how to treat food allergies. Food allergies are very easy to treat unless you have an anaphylactic reaction to the food, for example, fish or eggs, where if you eat it or smell it, you can end up in the hospital. Most allergies are not that severe, and I've seen patients who have many allergies, and they can be treated for 15, 20 foods along with dust, mold, pollen, and chemicals, and they can be treated with drops of this allergenic solution in the right dilution under their tongue. If someone wants to find a doctor that knows how to do that, they should call uh, look Google AAEM, which stands for the American Academy of Environmental Medicine. Their phone number is 316-684-5500. And if they call that number, they can find the nearest well-trained doctor who knows how to do the skin testing and knows how to treat food allergies with dilutions of foods that cause allergy. Yeah, let's talk a bit. You mentioned this uh, earlier about food dyes, and it's it's just so uh, it's just that a lot of these juices that are really geared towards kids have food dyes in them. What are some of the things that you've seen that you've seen in? when you were practicing or or seeing kids that that these dyes can produce in them? Well, it's it's been written in the literature 20 or 30 years now at least that food dyes can trigger all kinds of allergic reactions, asthma and hay fever, but also allergies. It can affect the brain in specific areas of the brain. For example, some children might not be able to walk because the motor area of the brain is affected. Others might not be able to write normally because that area of the brain that has to do with writing has been affected. 
and but uh, there you can easily figure these answers out again as i said by just saying what did my child eat touch or smell if it's a smell it takes just a few minutes if it's something else it might take an hour or so but you can figure out the answers the pulse also goes up if you eat a food to which you're allergic, so mothers can learn to take their child's pulse. If it's usually running 80 and all of a sudden it's 110, that child got into something that bothers them, give them a half a teaspoon of baking soda, buy a bottle of charcoal capsules at the, at the, at the drugstore. They cost maybe $5, and mm-hmm. take four or five capsules of, of charcoal they can't swallow, empty out the charcoal, have them drink the liquid because the charcoal will absorb the substance that's in their stomach that's causing problems and they can excrete it in the bowel movement and they'll be better much faster than if they didn't receive anything to try to help that. The charcoal gets through the intestines more quickly. Is that one of the, the best ways to stop a reaction? You mentioned baking soda and the grape juice and then the charcoal. Those are the ways that they can kind of stop that reaction? Well, those are two ways you can stop an allergic reaction, of course, with an antihistamine and asthma medicine. And there's a way, if you go to see a doctor who studied AA, been a member of the American Academy of Environmental Medicine, AAEM, they, they know how to test and treat for... Um, for individual foods, and they can give you a mix in the treatment. They can You take the drops under your tongue, or you can inject it under your skin with a very, very tiny needle that you can hardly, doesn't, the needle doesn't hurt any more than your fingernail if you poke it into your skin. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't painful, and you can treat people for food allergies so that they're no longer sensitive to the food. And if the food doesn't cause an anaphylactic, a, life, uh, a life-threatening situation, you can, you can treat it quite easily. For example, if you had a, a, a milk allergy and it caused mild hay fever or mild bellyache, it didn't do more than that, you could start by taking one drop of milk under your tongue. Four days later, no problems, you take two drops under your tongue. Four days later, you take four drops under your tongue. And keep doing that, and you can treat, it's possible to be treated for a food allergy using a method of that type where you mm-hmm. gradually put an increasing amount or of a particular substance under your tongue. But you don't dare do that if you're allergic to fish or eggs or something like that because you could kill yourself. You really have to have great respect for nuts, fish, and eggs because they'll, uh, if you re- really have a bad reaction, you break out all over, you can get very, very sick. Yeah, so that doing a one drop of milk under your tongue, would that actually sensitize you to it, to where you could eventually start well, drinking milk Well, it'll desensitize you. It'll, oh. it, it, it's, it's desensitized, so you can, treat, uh, you can be treated by putting gradually increasing amounts of a substance uh, under your tongue, providing it doesn't cause a reaction that's life-threatening. And you can treat yourself, and eventually you'll find that there's a certain number of drops of a certain dilution that will stop an allergic reaction to that food, and then you can eat it whenever you want. Yeah, yeah, I meant to say desensitize. I don't know why I say sensitize. But um, let's talk about some of the symptoms. You mentioned earlier, like red ears. I think it was one of them. What are some other things that parents should look for in their children to kind of clue them in that they, their children might have these food allergies? Well, they frequently develop a swollen belly. They have dark eye circles. Their handwriting will change dramatically many times if they have a food allergy. Uh, some of them even have seizures or convulsions. Uh, from a food allergy. Uh, I can think of some very famous allergists who who had a, a convulsion every every Sunday when the family ate chicken, and it took years before he figured out it was the chicken that was causing him to have the convulsions. So allergies, unless you think about it, you may not recognize it in allergies causing your problems. And as I said, sometimes it makes a child hyperactive. Another child may be fatigued. Another child may crawl into a dark corner and refuse to become untouchable. You go to touch them and they pull away. 
some children fall asleep and then others get hyper. Uh, some can't write, they can't draw, they can't speak, they can't walk normally. There are many things that can happen. Some become depressed and suicidal. And so if you've got a child that suddenly seems unhappy and said, I wish I was dead, you've mm-hmm. got to pay attention. What did he eat, touch, or smell that could have caused that kind of reaction? Because if you can notice that sort of thing, you can come up with all kinds of answers. I remember, and it runs in families, I remember one one young man whose father became very depressed when it was moldy in April and there's a lot of rain in, in Buffalo. And uh, the mother of, at some point brought the son in because he she noticed that he was becoming very depressed at the same time of the year as the father when it was moldy and damp and wet outside. Mm-hmm. And eventually, actually, the father killed himself and committed suicide at that time of the year and the mother prevented the son from committing suicide by recognizing that this was an allergic reaction and having the child treated for mold allergy. Yeah, I had a gentleman on um, uh, with a book called Dangerous Grains, and he said the same thing about gluten, that a person who is if they're gluten sensitive or celiac, it runs in the family. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's right yeah, on. Yeah, you... And, well, One other thing that I should point out is if you were a child and you couldn't drink milk as an infant and your mother had trouble feeding you with breast milk or cow's milk, don't think because you're 30 years old you outgrew it. Many times you still have the milk allergy, but uh, the manifestation in your body is something altogether different than it was when you were young. It might be causing asthma or hay fever or itchy skin, or it might be affecting how you act or behave as an adult, whereas when you were a child, it might have caused some altogether different symptoms. But the sensitivity to that substance will frequently manifest in some form later on in life. Mm-hmm. That would, would that and it be definitely like a, runs in families. They've, some, they've traced milk allergies back five generations. Wow. Wow. And that would be some kind of autoimmune disease, cancer, diabetes, or something to that effect? Well, not necessarily those. Uh, mm-hmm. Those, I think, can be due to a number of things. But uh, when I speak about allergies, I'm talking mainly about dust, mold, pollen, foods, and chemicals. These mm-hmm. cause the vast majority of common allergies that people think about. And... Uh, I think that uh, if people were more aware of this sort of thing, they could figure out answers that would turn children's lives around. For example, some children, the area of the brain affected is the area where they write and draw that has to do with their writing and drawing. And if you find a child eats lunch at school and after lunch within an hour can't write his name and he wrote perfectly all right in the morning, You've got to say, what did he did he eat something that in some way has affected the part of the brain that has to do with writing? Because if that part of the brain is affected, that child isn't going to be able to learn and do well because he's telling you he's got brain allergies. And mm-hmm. many doctors don't even know that there's such a thing as brain allergies. They think that allergies have to be asthma and hay fever and itchy skin. And I certainly was taught that way and trained that way wasn't until I met to the, went to the meeting in 1975 when they showed me how to test by putting a drop of different allergens one at a time in the arm, and you could produce individual symptoms of which a patient complained. Then you could treat them specifically for each one of the things that caused symptoms, and then they could be exposed or eat the food or smell the smell and not get sick. It's just a... The, the meeting that I went to in 1975, I thank God for for many years that I could figure out answers that had been very elusive and nobody had any idea, and it was all because I went to that meeting and they taught me how to test for one item at a time. If you test 30 things at once, the circuitry is all jumbled and you can't you can figure out what's causing trouble, but you don't know which substance is causing which symptom. Whereas if you test one thing at a time, like uh, specialists in environmental medicine do, you you really get the answers, and that's what we need to help people and make them well. 
the big thing holding everything back is we don't have insurance. Obama wants to save a, save a tremendous amount of money and help a lot of people be much better, uh, feel much better, and learn much better and, and become far more productive citizens as, as the years pass. He should pay for provocation, neutralization, allergy testing because it gives you the answers. Mm-hmm. You mentioned um, school and uh, certainly, you know, when children eat at school, how things can be affected with their handwriting. What about the school environment? Because a lot of schools use a lot of high-powered chemicals to clean and different things, and those things can affect kids as well, correct? Oh, can they ever. And so it, what you have to do is notice which room is bothering which child when. If they have trouble after lunch, think about the foods that they're eating. If they have trouble after they take gym, think of dust and molds in gym. If they have trouble when they're after swimming, it could be the chlorine in the pool or it could be the molds in that area. Where do they become ill and what's different about that particular room and location? And the same goes for your home. If you only have trouble when you go in the basement, what's down in the basement that could be causing trouble? It would usually be molds, but it could be dust, or maybe somebody raised birds in the basement, and so there's a lot of um, dust from birds and feathers that are causing the trouble. But with allergies, you have to say to yourself, think of it as a nail in a shoe. What's making you limp? You've got to figure out what the nail is and take the nail out. So if you're feeling fine and suddenly you aren't, what did you eat? What did you touch? What did you smell? And then start paying attention to those particular things. Another way of figuring out allergies that everyone has missed is there's a day that you feel absolutely magnificent and the next morning you still feel great. Get a pencil and pad and write down what you did the day before when you felt so great and what you, everything you ate or drank and then you get up in the morning and you're terrible, what did you eat the night before? What did you smell the night before? What did you do the night before? Get yourself a list and mark down good days versus bad days. Eventually you'll have a list of a lot of things that you ate on the good days or did on the good days and a lot of things you ate or did on the bad days. Cross out everything that's in both lists and and you will be left with the major things that are most apt to make you sick because those are the only things left in the bad day list. And that could save you just doing that simple thing of writing good days versus bad days and crossing out what's in both can possibly save you lots of money and restore your health at no cost because you can figure out the nails in your shoe, the things that are bothering you and making you bad. Yeah, I wanted to ask your opinion on something. I watched a, um, a video, it was probably a while ago, maybe a year or so ago, and uh, Dr. Russell Blaylock was on there, and he was talking about a very, very interesting report where they took, <coughs> excuse me, they took some criminals. These, these, these people were in prison, and they mm-hmm. took them, and they kind of clean, uh, cleaned up their diet. But one of the mm-hmm. things he talked about was some of these criminals were uh, hypoglycemic and a number of them had a lot of food allergies and they were able to take these and clean them up and then they took a look back at them and some of them were never repeat offenders after that after they cleaned up their diet got rid of the things that were actually hindering them um, they were productive citizens and I'm wondering if a number of our kids now who go into that become uh, juvenile offenders could something like a food allergy or an environmental allergy Absolutely. be causing that type of behavior? Absolutely. Many children just lose total control when they, when they eat or smell dust, mold, pollen, certain foods or chemicals. And if somebody spots it, instead of sending them to a psychiatrist, send them to somebody who knows environmental medicine and realizes any area of the brain can be affected. And I've seen children that that become very belligerent answer and angry, and they'd almost kill you. Uh, you could, I'm sure if we checked the criminal population, we would see a difference. In fact, when I was in Buffalo, there was a patient of mine whose father worked at the local prison in the area near Buffalo, and he found that on the night they served this uh, turkey loaf, 
that that night everybody knew that the prisoners were going to be a real problem because they had more fights and more more loud disruptions than any other night. And eventually they got so they didn't serve the turkey loaf anymore because they realized there was something in the turkey loaf that was setting these people off. The, The bottom line is if people realize that how you act and behave and feel and write and draw and learn, any of those things can be adversely affected by some some form of allergy, dust, mold, pollen, food, or a chemical. And if if people only knew that, they could do something about it. I would like to get this message to all the educators because they could easily spot the the causes of allergies. Have the children write before when they first enter the classroom and write again when they're ready to leave. If they can't write as well and their writing deteriorates tremendously during that 45 minutes or hour they're in the classroom, what is different about that room? Did the teacher wear perfume? Had there been a a fire in that room or something that caused a smell? Is the room moldy? Did they have pets in that room? But there's got to be a reason for it. It didn't come out of nowhere. And if people can recognize what might be causing the problem they could they could turn things around i had a school in jamestown where they put in some new synthetic carpets it didn't bother most of the children but some of them couldn't couldn't walk they couldn't remember they suddenly started to fail for no reason at all it turned out i I just took them right out of the school and put them into a, a catholic school that was nearby that had wooden floors and was very Spartan, and these children were fine there. They didn't get into any trouble, and there weren't any problems at all. But if you put them in the room with the synthetic carpet, you'd have a lot of trouble. If people think that synthetic carpets or synthetic mattresses aren't a problem, look at my website, drrap.com. I blow air over a new synthetic carpet into a cage where there are four mice, Within four hours, one of the mice is paralyzed and then dead, which means the brain was being affected. Now, what every child isn't going to be affected, but there will be some children that the smell of the carpet or the other major thing that causes trouble is the smell of a a new mattress. And so you, you should check the writing of a child before he goes to bed, and when he gets up in the morning, if he can't write and he's got a new carpet, I would certainly think about the fact that there could be that the chemicals in the carpet might be causing trouble. And on my website, I show the the, the mice being tested and that one of them died, but he became paralyzed before he died. And you can just say to yourself, there's going to be some children that are going to have trouble from that carpet, and it would be much better to have uh, hard tile uh, or a natural carpet or no carpet, just have plain wood on the floors in the school but they object to that because it's noisy but uh, a certain number of the children will have trouble just because of environmental exposures and that certainly would include a carpet what about um, this is something that came to me because I know I used to have problems with them and I kind of had to get away from them what feathers in a pillow Sleeping on a, a pillow. Oh, feathers are a big, big problem. Uh, and the older the pillows, the harder, the more it's going to be a problem. But you should be able to figure it out. You go to bed, you feel good. You get up in the morning, your pulse is increased, your breathing isn't as good as it was before, and you can measure that with a peak flow meter, that plastic tube that has a cage, uh, a gauge on it. Look on my website, drapp.com, and it'll tell you where you can buy those. And if you are worse in the morning and better and good at night when you go to bed and then you sleep in some other room and you're fine, think about uh, the mattress, the pillow, the laundry soap, the detergent, whatever it is it could be causing the trouble. Wow. Um, wanted to talk about a mental illness. Like a lot of these, you mentioned this before, and I kind of wanted to get back in in depth because this has a direct correlation to some of the things that I've been reading when it comes to schizophrenia and people not being able to tolerate gluten. And under your estimation, you've been doing a lot of studying this for a number of years. How many people are misdiagnosed with mental illness but have some type of environmental or food allergy? Oh, I think the number is absolutely immense. Immense. Mm -hmm. 
because they can act in such a crazy way. And that's one look on my website. I I was so impressed once I learned how to how to cause how I could produce and then eliminate someone's symptoms that I videotaped every patient while they were being tested for every food or dust or mold or pollen or chemicals when they were in my office. Every single one. So the result is that I have many, many pictures that document that some children become irritable, some become withdrawn, some become belligerent, uh, some become untouchable, some can no longer write or read or walk or speak normally. All kinds of crazy things can happen to children, and these children grow up to be adults, and then they can't hold a job because they're drinking milk every day and they're allergic to milk. Is the answer to, to fire them or to, to figure out what's causing the problem and get rid of the cause? And if people start to pay attention to what did you eat, touch, or smell before you start to act in some way that isn't typical of most people, you, you'll soon come up with answers that everybody else has missed because what, I'm, what we're talking about today is so important most doctors don't know what I've been saying for the past hour. I'm not being critical of the doctors. I didn't know, and if I hadn't gone to that meeting in 1975, I still wouldn't know. It's not common knowledge. But mm-hmm. if it was common knowledge, we could we could make have a nation that's much healthier, and the medical costs would go way down because you figure out what's causing the problem, get rid of the cause, you've got nothing to treat. You don't have to take pills all the time. But one of the problems is that pills and treatment of certain types is covered by insurance, and it's a lot easier to, for a parent to take a pill than to keep records of good and bad days and cross out the, 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 the things on the bad days that aren't on the good days. Um, it's, uh, people want free medical care. And in allergy, it helps if you use your brains and try to figure out why you're sick. But there are still people who would rather take a pill than try to find out why they need the pill. And 20 years later, they're still taking the pill. And this is, this is their choice. But I think that that it's better to start to analyze what's going on, say, what did I eat, touch, and smell, and come up with an answer. I've got a new book, a booklet out now called Allergy Answers, and in the middle of the mm-hmm. book it says to find out why and when you become ill. And it tells you how to re- what to record so you can figure out what the nails are, what is it that's making you sick. And once you figure that out, then you've got a good chance of getting over it completely, and instead of taking pills for asthma, you may not wheeze. Right. What, um, one of the things that uh, I always find really, really surprising is the fact that you have parents out there who don't know, just as you said, they don't know what's causing these uh, behavioral reactions in their kids, and then they go and they medicate them because we have a lot of kids that are on ADHD, uh, ADHD medicine. And then what happens is these kids – become medicated as kids, then they become medicated adults. or they uh, Absolutely, gateway, and they're more gateway, apt for some reason to get onto drugs exactly. if they've had bad allergies and taken a lot of medicines during the younger years. Yeah, and some of them go into gateway and then they start using other drugs, like, you know, the bad drugs, not just the prescription drugs, but the bad drugs. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah. They are allergic children are more prone to, to get onto drugs and do that sort of thing. Right. They develop addictions very early. One of the things I tell people to do, and this is easy, is to write your five favorite foods or beverages on a piece of paper. Say you've been sick for years, you've seen all one doctor after another, and you haven't gotten better. I tell them to write down your five favorite foods or beverages. And if you write down cookies, cake, and pastries... Chances are you've got a wheat allergy. If you say, I love milk and I love cheese and dairy products and ice cream, you you possibly, a good guess would be that you have a milk allergy. And if you eat some unusual food because you crave it like sunflower seeds or something like that, 
frequently that's the cause of your problem. How can you prove it? Stop eating it in all forms for five to seven days, then eat that one food on an empty stomach the first thing in the morning, have some baking soda on hand and asthma medicines or antihistamines if you take them. And if you if you hit upon what's causing a certain symptom, it'll happen within an hour when you eat after you've eaten that particular item. Yeah, yeah, I can attest to that because when I before I knew I had a uh, wheat allergy or gluten allergy, I would eat a whole pack of cookies, and it just seems like I could never get enough cookies. If it was cookies that were offered at a meeting, I would take four or five cookies with me. So I know why is it that we. Why do we crave those things that are we really are not supposed to be having? Um, they call it a food addiction, and I think that's what it is. And mm. you you actually get addicted to the food, and you need your fix because you feel better after you eat it. And I think food allergies are far, far more common than people recognize. And the people with allergies, as I said, Many of them, uh, the children in particular, develop these red earlobes, dark eye circles, bags under the eyes, wiggly legs. Those things are characteristic of people with allergies. And if they just spend some time saying, I was fine, I looked great until I ate or touched or did this, they'll get answers again that everybody else has missed. Nobody knows your body as well as you do. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And in most of my books, my latest book, Allergy Answers, is just a little inexpensive booklet, but it tells you commonly how you can figure out what's causing problems, and then if you figure out it's particular, is it you have to figure out is it due to something inside, outside, a food or a chemical. Uh, the most spectacular improvement that that I can tell you about is there are air purifiers that clean up the dust, the mold, the pollen, and the chemicals in the air. And this mother had a baby that was very noisy at night. She put an air purifier in the in the bedroom, and an hour later she went racing into the room, and she thought her baby had died because there wasn't any noise coming from the room. And she went in and found for the first time in the baby's life he was breathing quietly without making any noise. Yeah. One of the things and I... the mother was oh. so relieved to realize that all of his breathing problems had been due to just the allergy to whatever the substance was in the room, and that air purifier eliminated enough of the dust and the molds that the baby was in fine. Allergies are not always expensive to treat. They're not always difficult to treat. If you go to my website, I have a sheet that uh, tells you where you can get an an air purifier and why it's so important to get one, because many times it will eliminate symptoms completely. And then on the other side of the sheet, it's got a one-week diet that excludes the major highly allergenic foods. And if you go on that diet, you might feel uh, a little worse the first day or two because you're not getting the foods that you're addicted to. But if you're, you, it's not unusual for you somebody to feel... Uh, tremendously better, not a little better, tremendously better within five to seven days. And then you add the foods back at one at a time the first thing in the morning during the next week and figure out which food's causing which symptom. Well, I, something I those found are was easy weird. things that you can do that, that give you answers right away. As I said, you don't always have to get a lot of allergy tests and a lot of shots and take treatments every week or take pills all the time figure out what the cause is get rid of the cause you got nothing to treat yeah one of the weird things i found about uh, allergies is that people can actually be allergic to cockroaches have you heard of that you can i think you can become allergic to anything and cockroaches uh there are other things that tell you the cockroaches will help you and i think that's sheer nonsense uh, uh, but you can be allergic to cockroaches or to the feces of the cockroach. And uh, obviously you need to get rid of that, but you have to be very careful that you don't hurt the person trying to kill the cockroaches. The chemicals that are used to kill animals, to kill weeds, these things are very toxic frequently. For example, 2,4-D uh, is, a, is a weed killer, well, the whole world has 
many many countries in our on our planet have banned 2,4-D because so often it causes lymphomas or cancer of the lymph in humans. And yet in the United States, they have not stopped producing it. Why? I keep saying to myself, why doesn't the world get upset we've got so much cancer? We know what's causing it unless we get at the cause and get rid of what's causing it. We're going to continue to have cancer, and you're going to lose loved ones. If you know that certain things cause cancer, for goodness sakes, stop buying it. The synthetic carpets, don't buy them. Better to have wooden floors. Don't eat the foods that are thought to, thought to cause cancer. Don't do any of the things that don't use weed killers and pesticides and, and uh, insulation if you know that it can be toxic. It just doesn't make any sense. Make sure that you have a cotton mattress, not one of these chemically uh, foam-filled mattresses that you put your fingers in it and you leave your fingerprints. The chemicals in some of those mattresses will make people very sick. But you can figure it out by taking your pulse before you go to bed, by checking your breathing with a peak flow meter before you go to bed, write down how you feel, and then the next morning if your pulse is way up and your breathing is way down and you feel terrible think about the fact maybe it's your mattress it's your pillow it's your blankets it's the fabric softener it could be any of those things but if you just think about it logically you can start to narrow it down and realize that this is the cause of your medical problem take the nail out of the shoe get rid of the cause and you have nothing to treat and that's the way people have to have to think i would love to teach in schools and and try to get young children to start to think logically about what in their environment might be making them sick because they could save themselves a lot of sickness and a lot of money if they would start to think about these things on their own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The last two things I wanted to talk to you about before I let you go was um, just the um, bedwetting. What is that caused by? And also one of the, uh, I was watching one of your older uh, videos on uh, YouTube and preparing for the, the, the interview. And mm-hmm. I saw where the young lady, the, uh, the child had eaten peas and she became giggly. And I was like, I've never heard of that type of reaction where someone eats a, you know, a pea, something like a vegetable and becomes giggly. Can you talk about those two things? Well, um, Sure. Um, bedwetting is frequently due to the beverage that they drink before bed or the beverage they eat from supper time on. It's frequently fruit juices such as apple or grape, or it could be milk. And all you have to do is stop everything, every every beverage uh, before the from say four o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon on, and they should be dry at night and not wet the bed. And then after about three or four days of that, then they should try drinking one thing before bed, then the next night something else before bed, and just go through the list of things that they'd taken, that they stopped drinking before bed, and you'll come up with an answer. Now, remember that the the bladder is going into spasm, and that's why you wet the bed. The lungs go into spasm and you have asthma. So it's just a different area of the body that's being affected by whatever is causing the problems. But you can figure out the cause of bedwetting. But you also need to see the doctor to make sure you don't have a urinary tract of infection or that there's not some something wrong with the urinary system in some way that could be contributing to this kind of problem. But Dust, mold, pollen, foods, and chemicals can all cause bedwetting. So I've seen children have blood in their urine from pollen. Well, how many people think of that? When you think of pollen allergy, you think of hay fever and asthma, but some people get blood in their urine when when the season comes. And again, they can be treated with injections of the substance to which they are sensitive, and you give them the right, right dilution of that substance under their tongue or by injection and the symptoms go away i think the good thing is that there are ways to treat these things and the doctors in environmental medicine are particularly skilled in figuring out what's finding the nails in the shoe what's causing you to become sick they are trained to do that and once again let me give you that number it's 316 
684-5500. It's the American uh, uh, Academy of Environmental Medicine. Uh, Google AAEM, mm-hmm. and you can find the name of the doctor that's nearest. Call them up, talk to them, ask them if they know how to treat food allergies so you can eat most of the foods to which you're allergic without having difficulty and I think you'll be surprised at how many will say, yes, I know exactly how to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the last thing would be these bizarre reactions, like the, the young woman, the young lady who ate the peas and she became giggly. What's some of the more bizarre reactions that, you, that you've that seen in people well, eating things? Uh, I know exactly which patient that was. It was, it was so bizarre. Um, <laughs> she uh, tried to jump into Niagara Falls. She would lay on the on the highway with her arms spread out, waiting for a car to run her over. Uh, she would see bugs crawling on the on the uh, on the wall. And if you look on my website, you'll see her her cringe and start to scream and say, "No, no, no!" Uh, and you, she became untouchable. If you went to touch her, she'd pull away and and scream violently. And as soon as I gave her a drop of the right dilution of the mold or milk or whatever it was that was causing the trouble, in eight minutes she was perfectly quiet. Mm. Just just seemed fine. And at the time when they're reacting, these people, they have great difficulty writing their name or even remembering what their name is. And they had all kinds of bizarre reactions. Some had seizures. Some saw strange things. Some said they were floating around the room when they were uh, unconscious, or at least appear to be unconscious. And they tell me they were floating up at the top of the room, and they tell everything that happened while while they were unconscious. Uh, I've seen all kinds of very very strange things. Some children become very vulgar, and some mm-hmm. become very abusive, and I worry about them because when they're adults, are they going to batter and bully and hurt their wife and their children and things of that sort? Uh, allergies can affect any area of the brain, and if it affects the learning area, then it means that that person will not ever reach their uh, their optimum academic performance, and they may fe- fail even though they're very bright. If it affects uh, a part of their brain that makes them a bully and nasty, they may get in trouble with, and end up in jail. If it makes them depressed, they may end up committing suicide. But everybody that's listening, I hope, will remember that different areas of the brain can be affected by different allergenic substances, and it's potluck if your brain's going to be affected so that you act in an abnormal way or will your bladder be affected so you wet your pants mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. It, it's not luck what happens but yeah. if you know what's going on you can take some baking soda you can get some charcoal capsules you can find an allergist that knows how to treat environmental illness uh, and uh, you can treat these things so that they can they can cope much better with life and be much more normal I want a child to be able to have ice cream and 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 cake after a football game and not be the only person that can't have the the prize from winning the the tournament. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to make everyone's life as normal as possible, and everybody has they have something to look forward to. And if you're the only kid in the class that can't have the cake and ice cream at the birthday party, this is terrible. Because with treatment, chances are excellent that child can eat the coffee and the, uh, the cake and the ice cream. Wow, yeah. Dr. Rao, it has been a pleasure having you on. I learned a lot tonight, and I'm sure the audience learned a lot as well. What is your website one more time for the audience? It's drrap.com, and there are lots of videotapes there that show you how people react and can have arthritis and not be able to walk. And uh, there's one lady there that that uh, suddenly couldn't walk hardly at all, and it turned out, what's her favorite food? Uh, bread. She'd mm-hmm. eat a whole loaf of bread very, very quickly, and if it was hot, she couldn't wait to get the next slice in her mouth. I said, well, she's probably wheat sensitive, but I allergy tested her for wheat, and nothing happened. Then I put in a drop of yeast, and all of a sudden, there it was. We knew exactly what was causing her symptoms, and it was just the the yeast and the bread that caused the problems. Yeah, yeah. 
I think yeah. once they realize that they can figure it, once uh, an intelligent person realizes they can figure out the answers on their own, they'll come up with a lot of the answers. And all of this that we've talked about is in this new little small booklet called Allergy Answers, which you can find on my website, drrapp.com. It's very inexpensive, and I put everything in there that I could think of that might help you figure out why you're sick and why you have the symptoms that you do have. Yeah, this is something I think every every school, every person should know in school, the teachers, everyone else. So. Yeah, I would love to get my books into the school libraries because I think it would help so many children because the children would read the books and figure it out. And I recently wrote a book on a whole booklet on handwriting showing how their handwriting changed when I put a drop of dust, mold, pollen, a food, or a chemical in their arm. Their handwriting changed dramatically. And if children knew this, they could think back themselves, what did I eat, touch, or smell? Uh, in the past hour or two that caused my writing to change when it was so good this morning, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the answer is more people have to take an interest in figuring out why they're sick and not depending on one pill after another to clear up the symptom because that doesn't get rid of it. You've got to get at the the basic cause, and and the same thing goes for this terrible cancer epidemic we've got. We know what many of the things that cause cancer... Why aren't we doing something about it? If we know that 2,4-D weed killer causes lymph lymph cancer and lymphomas, why are we allowing it in this country when in many countries in the world they have forbidden it and taken it off the market? What is it? What's pushing it? Who's paying whom to to keep it on the market? There's, we've got to get uh, we we've got to get politicians who are interested in helping the people. Uh, The big corporations pay the lobbyists, the lobbyists pay the politicians, and the politicians make our laws. So pick your politicians with great care because if they continue to allow the air, the food, the water, the homes, the schools, and the workplaces to be polluted, you can expect more and more illness of all kinds. Whereas if they take an activist, role in relation to the things that might be making us sick and get laws passed to ban it, I think we'll have a much better world. Yeah, and I'm going to yep. end, Sean, that. It's, that's, uh, that's a mouthful, and that's what I, I agree with myself, Dr. Rapp. Um, but thank you for being on the show tonight. You, were, uh, you have so, been a Carol, pioneer. I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to see if we couldn't help a lot of people. And, and if, if somebody is a help, it would be nice if you wrote to to Daryl to tell him or to Daryl to tell him that you were helped, so that he's encouraged to have more people talk about this issue and try to figure out causes. Yeah, I have more people on, and I do this out of the goodness of my heart. I just want people to know the uh, information. But thank you so much for being on, and please uh, visit Dr. Rapp's uh, website, drrapp.com. There's a lot of great information on there, especially for parents that might be struggling with kids and don't know the answer. She can help you find the answers. Yeah. You Rapp, may be able to figure out the answers at no cost yeah. and and really turn your child's life around. And it, it, if your child is very allergic to milk, I can tell you it's in the woodwork check the other members of the family because you may not be recognizing the the unusual symptoms that one individual has check all the relatives because the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree yeah yeah thank you very much Darren all right thank you Dr. Rapp thanks bye all right now. bye all right, good show. Um, and as always, all the shows are located in iTunes. If you want to go back and, and listen to the shows, you can download them in iTunes and listen them to listen to them on your iPod, or you can go to blogtalkradio.com, type in my name, and the show should come up, and you can listen to any show that's in the archives. I usually do my own little podcasting um, things that I listen to and put them on my iPod and listen to them that way. So, again, they're located two two avenues you can listen to the show. Next week, we have a great show. We'll have a uh, Dr. Uh, Mike on. Uh, Dr. Mike's name is hard to pronounce. I'm not going to uh, try to do it because I'll probably chop it up. But he'll be on next week, and we'll be talking specifically about migraines, what you can do to get rid of migraines. I know a lot of people out there might be suffering from those, so he'll be on next week. 
And then the week after, we will have uh, Mira and Jason Calton on, and they'll be talking about Rich Food, Poor Food, which is their book. And we'll actually be talking about that book, Rich Food, Poor Book, how to make good food choices at your grocery store, what to buy and what to not buy. And that will be a good show. Mira has a lot of energy, and Jason is a bundle of information, so I'm looking forward to that show as well. So thank you for listening. As always, I will see you next time. Same fat time, same fat channel. Peace and love.